in a series on, in the Psalms, the Psalms of Ascent, but it's, I love always coming back to the Psalms and, and seeing the, the depth and the richness and the impact of the images in our life of faith. And so we are coming to Psalm 125 of the Songs of Ascent in the Psalms. And uh, we're going to pick up there. Listen now to the Word of God. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands and do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their, own, to their crooked ways The Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, guide us as we consider your word. Guide my words. Guide all of our hearts and minds as we we open our eyes to your word and look at... Look at those images and, and feel their impact in, in everything that we are and do, the way we see it all. Guide us, I pray now, in Jesus' name, amen. This psalm portrays people who are secure, secure. And when I was thinking back in my own life and whom I have known in my life who seemed absolutely secure, two people came to mind. One was an older Catholic priest who I knew who ran a, a small parish church in urban Houston years ago, and I, I wasn't with him long. I don't even really remember his name. All I remember about him was that when he spoke to his congregation, he spoke with such a depth of love and a clarity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I remember about him a sense of security and peace that he had. It was so strong. It, it, it still stands out to me today. Another person, the other person I, that came to mind was a retired pastor in Buffalo at the time, Rocky Munson. And he was a, a big, jovial guy. And, and one time, a number of fellow pastors and I were doing a funeral together for a, a beloved colleague in ministry. And we were all sitting up in front in his small church, about five or six of us, in, in a half circle, like up here in a half circle with chairs, looking at each other. And we got in the program, we got to the part of the service where the program said, Scripture reading. And there was a pause. And we all started looking at each other, and we all started looking out at the congregation and realized, 
nobody had any plans for this. And we also realized that none of us had Bibles up here. And so we didn't know what to do. And then Rocky stood up and he walked confidently up, confidently up to the pulpit and he recited about three minutes of just the right passages as if they were coming right out of his mouth for the very first time for all of us. Now those two, those two different pictures that came to my mind had almost opposite personalities. But what struck me about both was that they were utterly content no matter what was going on around them. They were, they were unflappable. Neither trying to control everything nor being overwhelmed by it. Just settled, just secure inside and, and out. It was as if they had one foot set outside this world. Not both feet. I've known people like that too. That's a little different. But one foot set outside this world and, and the other one right here with us. More available to us without any strings attached than, than any of the rest of us with our attached insecurities. I think this passage explains people with this depth of security in their souls. Remember what these psalms are. These psalms are songs. They are lyrics. They are poetry. And they are singing this set of psalms, Psalm 120 to 134, the Psalms of Ascent. They are singing them while they are traveling day's journey through the ancient Middle East across countrysides and through walled towns and cities, as, and as many times as they'd make this trip to go up to worship in the temple in Jerusalem, it is, it is always precarious. It was never safe. But look at what they're singing. They are like Mount Zion that will never be shaken but will always endure. This, this psalm starts with a powerful poetic picture of one who is ultimately secure. And they sing this from a vantage point that is, that is more insecure than any of us living in a stable modern society could imagine. This is, this is not like a road trip across I-90. This is, this is more like hiking across Somalia or Afghanistan. They are singing of their ultimate security. They are like Mount Zion. Mountains, mountains are there before anyone remembers, and they will be there long past anyone's memory. Nothing shakes them or rattles them. It is a picture of utter security. And this picture gives us, this passage gives us both pictures of different kinds of and sources of insecurity, but it also gives us the simple source of this security. Now, the truth is, nothing from this world can give us this kind of security. And as much as the world tries, nothing can give us this kind of security. In fact, there have always been forces in the world breeding insecurity in us. I, I was a Cold War kid. And on the one hand, we knew who we were. 
we were those living in and defending the, the, the free democracy in the world and we're facing a totalitarian foe. We knew who we were, but we also had school drills. Some of you are older enough to, to remember these. School drills where we had to get under our desk in case of nuclear attack. Yeah, it was laughable. And we knew it even when we were in elementary school. I mean, we knew that all of us were, were threatened with nuclear annihilation, the possibility of nuclear annihilation. And the best that we could hope for in our lives was to learn to live with that insecurity. Now, history went on, and it seemed like there was a, a small reprieve in the world when the Cold War ended, when the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union dissolved. But then came 9-11 a decade later, and the fantasy of our security kind of fell with those, with those buildings. And since then, we've become much more aware of a whole host of other threats, uh, whether they're biological, COVID gave us a, a little taste of that, or global warming, or financial crises, or, or military and nuclear threats have returned to North Korea, China, Russia. All of it, all of it breeds insecurity. But honestly, a different kind of threat, a different source of insecurity in us has, has become much more impacting recently, especially upon younger generations than mine. Kids now grow up figuring out who, who they are, who, who themselves are, not by being on one side of a cold war or part of any other group. They find out who they are online and, and it, on social media. And, and, there, and there online, it is an environment, a world, I, almost of identity warfare. And and this, nothing said or done online ultimately feels safe. And this has built in greater insecurity in people than the world has ever known, leaving people, more, people struggling more with crippling anxiety and more loneliness and less ability to trust, a dearth of skills to, just to be in personal relationships and especially to, to participate in organizations and institutions, things like a church. How do you learn in today's society, in today's world, to trust anyone or anything? Where can we find that sense of security? Now, to counter all this, the prevailing message that has been developing through the last generation is, if you can't trust anyone or anything else in the world, do you know who you're supposed to trust? Trust yourself. Trust yourself. And on the one hand, I do have to say, this is an important lesson for all of us. Every one of us needs to learn to discern right and wrong, to be able to defend ourselves from all that is in this world that is wrong, that is false, that is destructive, that is wicked. We need to have some sense of and acceptance of who we are so, so as to not be swayed by everything and everyone that would want 
to throw something at us or to get something from us. And, and we see that the threat of this, even in this psalm, that the threat that wicked people would have power over the righteous with the result that the righteous themselves would end up doing evil. The message to trust ourselves is not all bad, but ultimately, if all we can trust is ourselves, it's not enough. It's not enough. We cannot give ourselves ultimate security. Not the kind that's portrayed in this psalm. As good and accomplished as we could possibly be at controlling everything else in the world around us, we cannot make for ourselves ultimate security, outwardly or for our souls. And this has left us as the most lonely, anxious society in the history of the world. Now, let me point out something here. Fifty, hundred years ago, people generally were aware that their biggest problem was their own sin. They knew this 500 years ago too. And, and so the message of the Reformation was the grace of God, of the forgiveness of sins through the atoning death of the risen Lord, salvation by faith through the saving death of Jesus. And this message resonates with the people who are aware of their own sin. This is and will always remain the message at the heart of the gospel. But I gotta say, the gospel has many songs. People in our secular society don't recognize their greatest problem as their own sin. What they are aware of is that this world is not safe. And as much as they want to find safety and contentment and security within themselves, within ourselves, or from anything else or anyone else in the world, we as a society are insecure, anxious, and alone. And it's inevitable in secularism, where there is nothing else but the here and now, that we won't find ultimate security. It's not there. The gospel has a song for them, a song for us today as well. And this song points to the same place that the one for sin and shame does. Just over a month ago, I, I told you about how to share the gospel with three circles. Do you remember that? I, I, I want to keep those circles in front of us. We need, we're going to keep talking about them. And the first circle is God's design. God's design. There's a way things should be, and, and that's God's design. Deep down, everyone knows that. We all have a conscience. The second circle is the brokenness of the world. Everyone knows something is wrong, and we try all sorts of ways to, to either fix it or run from it. But at best, every fix and every flight is temporary and, and only addresses the symptoms, not, not the illness, not the problem. The third circle is 
salvation through Jesus Christ. God has come. He's addressed what was wrong, a a, a broken relationship. A broken relationship we know is from sin, but that's where all the brokenness lies. And he addressed it through Jesus dying for us on the cross, and we are forgiven. We are free. Free to pursue once again the life that God created us to live. God's design. Now notice something about this. Jesus, the answer, is in the world, but he's not from the world. He is God come to us. It's just like those people who have that security that I was talking about at the beginning. They are right here with us, but also grounded in something that is beyond this world. You might say they're, they're Christ-like. The theological, for the theological terms for this aspect of the nature of God is God is immediate. He is right here. In Jesus, He has become incarnate. In His Spirit, He is present. He is here, but He is also transcendent, beyond all things. And together, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's, He's all of this. We shared these three circles so that you, can, that you can join in conversations with people wherever you're at, anywhere in society, wherever you are relating to people. And you can join them when they're talking about the way things should be, and then you can point to God's plan. Or you can talk to them when they're talking about <laughs> what's wrong. And we all know that a lot of conversations are talking about that. Talk to them. But but listen to them when they're talking about what's wrong. And, and, and listen to them when they're identifying what they see as wrong. When they're talking about loneliness and anxiety. When they're expressing their insecurity. It's probably best not to start talking about sin as their problem. We'll all get there at some point. The gospel's never going to leave that out. But talk, start where they are. Listen and address their felt needs with the gospel right there, where they are. Sing Psalm 125. Sing a song of security in, in, in the surrounding and filling presence of our God. It will all point to Jesus and salvation in him. So, if there's nothing in this world that can give us ultimate security, what's here for us? As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. Here's the picture. Jerusalem is the highest city in Israel. That's why these are called the Psalms of Ascent, because they're always going up. We're on our way up there. And at the heart of Jerusalem, at its peak, is the Temple Mount. And it is on Mount Zion, at the heart of Jerusalem. And, and this temple is both the people of God and the presence of God. 
Now, the historical occasion for this psalm, like some of the others we've talked about, is unsure. But many scholars surmise that this is a psalm assuring the people of God coming back from, uh, back from exile in, in Babylon, 70 years they've been there, and now they get to come home. And they come home to a capital city, to Jerusalem, that has been devastated. It was devastated 70 years ago, and the wall that surrounded Jerusalem to keep it safe was torn down 70 years ago by the Babylonians. The city is left unprotected and insecure. But Jerusalem, Jerusalem and Mount Zion, it, it's, it's not like, it's not like um, Mount Rainier. It, it, it's certainly not as geographically tall and as imposing but it's not also not a lone peak sticking out of nowhere. It is surrounded by other mountains, like, like Mount of Olives right across the little valley from Jerusalem and, and Zion. And so to this unsecured city without a wall of its own, those surrounding mountains are a picture of God surrounding and securing his people. Surrounding mountains are, are greater than any city wall that we could build to protect ourselves. It's a picture of God being ever and always present with them, protecting us, securing us, being all the security we need. Here's the song of the gospel to a society who feels its greatest problem is loneliness. You are never alone. To a people who are broken in insecurity and anxiety, God is surrounding you with his all-powerful presence and protection and love. To a people who, try as they might, don't know who they are, you are God's beloved children dwelling in his presence. To a people who don't know how to trust anyone or anything, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. To a people who have also learned not even to trust themselves and recognize that, try as we might, we are sinners. We, we, we can't do this on our own. It's not enough to make ourselves secure. This temple, surrounded and filled with the presence of God, that's the temple where the sacrifices were, remember? The sacrifices that all point to the one sacrifice, the picture of the final sacrifice made for us on the cross, the forgiveness of our sin through the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. God, who was not in this world, but came from beyond this world to us and died for us so that we can have forgiveness we can know who and how to trust, and we'll never be alone because we have 
a risen Savior, and a beloved Father. And nothing, nothing will shake us, but we have ultimate security in Him. There's a word given to all this, wrapping all these, all these things up in the final phrase of this psalm. Peace, peace be upon Israel, be upon you. Let's pray. Lord, this is a world that doesn't know peace when it doesn't know you. But God, in you, surrounding us like, like the mountains that surround Zion, you provide us all the security, all the, the love and presence and, and peace we could ever imagine. And you've done everything for that. You've fought the battles. You've won the wars. And you are our God who loves us. God, thank you for this picture in this psalm. May we every day become more and more Christ-like as those who are grounded in you here and in heaven forevermore. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this psalm, for your word, your son, and our salvation in him. We pray this in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.